Thanks for tuning in to the first ever Red Dirt Poetry Podcast. Today for you, we've got a calendar of poetry events in the Oklahoma City Metro for the month of March, as well as two poems by our featured poet, Rob Sturma. I'm your host, Yoko, and I'm going to kick things off with a poem I love to read in March. This is From the Desire Field by Natalie Diaz. I don't call it sleep anymore. I'll risk losing something new instead. Like you lost your rose and moon, shook it loose. But sometimes when I get my horns in a thing, I wonder, a grief, or a line of her, it is a sticky and ruined fruit to unfasten from. Despite my trembling, let me call my anxiety desire then. Let me call it a garden. Maybe this is what Lorca meant when he said, Verde, que te quiero verde. Because when the shade of night comes, I am a field of it of any worry ready to flower in my chest. My mind in the dark is una bestia, unfocused, hot, and if not yoked to exhaustion, beneath the hip and plow of my lover, then I am another night wandering the desire field, bewildered in its low green glow, belling the meadow between midnight and morning. Insomnia is like spring that way, surprising and many-petaled, the kick and leap of gold grasshoppers at my brow. I am struck in the witched hours of want. I want her green life, her inside me. In a green hour, I can't stop. Green vein in her throat, green wing in my mouth, green thorn in my eye. I want her like a river goes, bending, green moving, green moving. Fast as that, this is how it happens. Soy una sonambula. And even though you said today you felt better, and it is so late in this poem, is it okay to be clear, to say, I don't feel good, to ask you to tell me a story about the sweet grass you planted, and tell it again, or again, until I can smell its sweet smoke, leave this thrashed field, and be smooth. For March 2023, we have the following calendar of poetry events for you. The Lit Plunge reading is happening on Thursday, March the 2nd. Take the plunge. Join us for a terrific evening of poetry and plays at Literati Books in the historic Paseo Plunge building, 3010 Paseo, Oklahoma City. Featuring award-winning poets Jake Skeets and Tobias Ray, playwright Zachary Scalzo, and hosted by Oklahoma writers Rilla Askew and Constant Squires. Also on Thursday, March the 2nd, Bookish will have their monthly First Thursday Open Mic, which begins at 7 p.m. Bookish is located at 1 Northeast 14th Street in Oklahoma City, and their mic is open to all kinds of performances. On March 4th at Vanessa House Brewing Company, Red Dirt Poetry will be sponsoring the Nerd Slam portion of Will Wizard's Menagerie Nerd Cosplay Ball and Nerdomania. The event also includes a board game tournament and a cosplay costume competition. Participants in the Nerd Slam will need to be prepared with two poems, each less than three minutes long. The event starts at 4, Vanessa House Brewing Company is located at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. On March 9th, Red Dirt Writes, a free writing workshop, is being led by Rob Sturma. These workshops are open to the public and start at 7 p.m. at Literati Press in the Paseo at 3010 Paseo Drive, Oklahoma City. On March 16th, the third Thursday poetry reading will take place at the Lunchbox in Shawnee. The mic starts at 7 p.m. and is worth the drive to Shawnee. The address of the lunchbox is 217 East Main Street in Shawnee. 
March 18th, Red Dirt will host its first Black Indigenous People of Color Writers Group. This group is open to members of the BIPOC community and will meet from 1 to 3 at Spiked Coffee, located at 1732 Northeast 23rd Street in Oklahoma City. The Red Dirt Poetry Open Mic will be back on March 22nd, upstairs at Ponyboy. The list goes out at 7.30, the show starts at 8. Ponyboy is located in the heart of Oklahoma City's Uptown District at 423 Northwest 23rd Street. Full Circle will have their last Sunday poetry reading on March 26th at 2 p.m. Full Circle Bookstore is located inside 50 Pin Place at 1900 Northwest Expressway. On Wednesday, March 29th, Oklahoma City University will be hosting an open mic and readings with the Pulitzer Prize-winning poet Jericho Brown. The open mic will be at 7 p.m. and Jericho Brown will be giving two readings, one at 10 a.m. and the other at 8 p.m. following the open mic. These free events will take place at the Kerr-McGee Auditorium at the OCU Minder School of Business located at Northwest 27th Street in McKinley in Oklahoma City. There is free parking in the lots around the building. Every Monday, Caleb Collins hosts the We're All Friends Open Mic at Fairweather Friend located at 314 North Klein Avenue in Oklahoma City. The list goes out at 6.30 and the show starts at 7. This mic is pretty comedy focused but with a friendly group and they are very welcoming of poets and performers of all kinds they also have a local featured artist every week do you know of any poetry friendly events that aren't on this list but should be let us know you can dm us at red dirt poetry on most social media or you can email reddirtpoetry at gmail.com the featured red dirt poet for this month's podcast is rob sturma Author of Head vs. Heart, a book of poems available for purchase at Literati Press, Sturma is a staple of the Red Dirt Poetry community and the editor-in-chief of Freeze Ray Poetry, a poetry journal made up of nerdy themes and pop culture references. You can find more of his work at robstermawrites.weebly.com. My first poem was written the first time I attempted to get sober, written in 12 steps. This is called The First Attempt. 11 woman 11 which was the date that I tried to quit. Step 1. You throw out all the trophies of war first. The same glass and aluminum brand names that you mocked frat boys and rednecks for wearing on their promotional t-shirts. The same brands you sneered at hipsters for donning on their cruddy trucker caps. Step 2. You are now Statler and Waldorf. You sit in the balcony and you make fun of the Muppets who are actually achieving things. Step three. Maybe you should take up smoking again. Maybe just cloves. Maybe just hookahs. Maybe you should take bong hits to the face to drown off the fucking annoying chatter that is 97% of humanity. Step four. You drink things that remind you vaguely of what you used to drink. Grape soda. Cream soda. It is important, so important, to feel full. Step 5. CM Punk is your favorite wrestler. CM Punk, when he was a bad guy, was the leader of a faction named the Straight Edge Society. CM Punk is straight edge in real life. CM Punk called himself the voice of the voiceless, the best in the world. You wear his t-shirt and no longer feel like the straight edge X on your chest is ironic. Step six, your rib cage 
is a recovering alcoholic. You are taking your angel wings out of the shot glass. Nothing feels like an original thought. Step seven, endorphins are the new booze. And so you cry at the end of every Rocky movie. Step eight, when someone first offers to buy you a beer and you say you've stopped drinking, they ask you, well, when did you quit? And you tell them, well, I'm one month sober. And you watch eyebrows raise as an amalgam of shock and something else, doubt, relief, trails across their half-smile, the words, good for you, spoken a little too loud. You can almost hear the bets being taken. You wonder what the spread is. Step nine, you start holding funerals. Here lies the life of the party. Step ten, this is a breakup. You wonder if you can learn to live with it or if it's best to keep your distance. You miss the way that your first beer slowly loosened your pressure valve. You know you have never won an argument with alcohol. You know you never will. Step 11. Everything pierces your chest plate like Uma Thurman adrenaline shots. You are impatient. Your head hurts. The world keeps throwing drunks in your path. You find yourself uncomfortable around their stagger and blur. They look too much like mirrors. Step 12. So you're sober, and everything is louder and sharper, and who cares except maybe you and your desire to feel in 3D again, and this must get easier, and the only thing you know unequivocally is that this poem will never be over. This poem is kind of a walk in blues in the vein of Johnny Cash. It's called Tall Snaggletooth with Boots. I am so sorry. So in 1978, Sears sold a Star Wars Cantina adventure set for the astronomical price of $8.99. Clearly a holiday item that included a cardboard backdrop that resembled the streets of Mos Eisley and came with four action figures. Greedo, Hammerhead, walrus man and the very tall snaggletooth dressed in dark blue jumpsuit with silver boots the year dear friends was 1978 and star wars was the flavor on everyone's plate action figures were slowly coming out each new one was the best yet collected proof of purchase to mail away for boba fett but until that bounty hunter showed up, I had to make do with just Chewie and Luke, a few troopers, and a clicky R2. But then the best news this kid had heard in years, an exclusive cantina playset available only at Sears. This playset was all cardboard, but that didn't bother me, though, because one of the new figs in that set was good old MF and Greedo. Three more aliens in the set, hotter than a pond of lava. The walrus man, a.k.a. Ponda Baba. The dude who lost his arm to Kenobi and was left for dead. Also in this pack, an Ichthorian, labeled by the racist term Hammerhead. 
but the crown jewel of the crew, to tell you the truth, was a blue-suited, silver-booted, gray-skinned dude named Staggletooth. Now the deal with my dude Zutton, Snaggle's real name, was real nice. See, in Star Wars canon, he traded his art for spice. But the problem with the figures was the designers worked from a photo that was all in black and white and cut off at the waist. They didn't know, though, that when the movie came out, with Zutton being four foot three and rocking all red, Sears and Kenner's double-teamed the shelves and killed tall Blue Snaggletooth dead. Subsequent versions were still called Snaggletooth, but he was much shorter, with a red suit and no boots and all toenails out of order. Fast forward to 1983, I'm not playing with my figs as often, not even to take them out in my huge Millennium Falcon, and so I said it was okay for my folks to sell them at a garage sale. As long as I got the money, it seemed all win and no fail, but I had one caveat I asked for before I laid these figs to rest. Uh, hey, Ma, leave Blue Snaggletooth here and put him on my desk. I just knew he was hard to find, and I liked he was unique, so I had plans to set him next to my Atari as he studied my gaming technique. So fast forward to the garage sale being over with my funds secured. I'm already spending it in my mind on books, because you know what? Your boy's a nerd. And I asked about old Snaggle, to which Mom replied, Yes, I left the blue Star Wars guy right there on your desk. So I stepped into my room, and that's when my jaw nearly fell off. The figure on my desk was Han Solo, dressed for Hoth, which meant that Zutton, the Snivian Snaggletooth, was off somewhere in the stars. And here I am singing these lonesome, geeky bars, but let's face it, I'm old enough where all my toys are worth something, and let's blame the internet for showing me what I left behind like a dumb thing. Now, I just looked on eBay. I shit you not, these greedy fucks are selling original blue snaggletooth for up to 9,000 bucks. And say, la vie, it's got to be what I buy it now. Hell no, you're tripping. And if you want, I got a lead on Hoth Han Solo for 20 bucks. I'll pay shipping. Thanks for tuning in to the Red Dirt Poetry Podcast for March. Until April, take your vitamins, love the people who love you, and write every day. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Those two poems.